This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. What is good, everybody? Appreciate you joining us here on the Players Lounge on InsideCarolina.com. I'm Joey Powell. Taylor Vipless here with us. And we're brought to you by Heels for Life. And Heels for Life has helped make this happen today. Talking with Miles Murphy, Big 8, uh, on the UNC front line. And the coolest thing about Heels for Life making this happen is it's allowing us at Inside Carolina to bring to you some of these players in a very candid, casual conversation so that you can see you know, what it's like and, and hear from these guys directly. And why the work that Heels for Life does is so important is it's allowing North Carolina to compete with the other big schools in college football and helping to make sure that UNC's players are able to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. And, and Heels for Life is the UNC football collective that's helping to drive this. They're also making sure that these guys have really good opportunities in the community to interact with local nonprofits and, and other um, NGOs that are doing the good work in the community that, you know, that needs to be done. So we're really thankful for the partnership with Heels for Life. guy that's joining us today um vip i I don't i don't expect you to be able to to withstand a swim move from this guy but we're gonna have to today (laughs) miles murphy joining us first off miles before we get going with any of the real fun questions how you feeling you got a towel on your head which tells me you've been outside yeah i've been out here like working these camps just got done working one camp earlier i came to the academic building get some work done I was trying to graduate early, trying to be out here as soon as I can. Yeah, well, we we know that uh, the academic building is, as we heard from Will Hardy when Tommy and I talked to him earlier, um, the grind doesn't stop for academics during summer school either, even when a guy's got a – even when you got a camp to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's get rolling. Uh, First thing I'll ask you, Miles, what's your first football memory? I mean, most of these guys that we've talked to on here have been playing basically since they could walk. I think – I think mm-hmm. the line we hit with Will Hardy was, you know, he was born, the doctor slapped him on his behind, and his dad chained him to a jugs machine. So, like, what, what's your first uh, what's your first memory of football a- a- as a kid? Uh, I would say, like, growing up, like, I was always um, fast and quick. So, I'll say when I was, like, six, seven, uh, I, I used to play for a little team called um, Windsor. Yeah, Windsor Football in Greensboro. 
And I was like the tall kid out of everybody, but I was so fast. So coach wanted me to play running back and I played running back. And I was probably the best I like. Running back is probably my favorite position, but I just outgrew it due time. Like I came to middle school, I played it. And when I got to high school, I just got too tall and it was like, uh, I can't play running back no more. So that, that's I, I just miss playing running back. I'm sorry about that. I just miss playing that. <laughs> do, you, do you think that Coach Brown should give you some some packages, maybe goal line situations? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, talk, I talked to him about it. I talked to the um, OC about it. I talked to everybody. I was like, just give me like five yards. I promise we'll, we'll get in there. <laughs> you're, the, you're the short yardage guy. When yeah. When was the first time playing football that you remember thinking that you could play at this level and beyond, and, and that was a real possibility? Um, I'll say um, after I started getting offers and I went to like a um, Under Armour All-American camp where you could like compete against one of the top players in the nation, I went against like a lot of old linemen that was like high caliber. Some in the NFL right now from this past draft, like I used to like, we went against each other and I, and I did good against them. Like I beat them every rep. So that's when I knew like I can really play on this level. And plus when I got here my freshman year, it really wasn't a difference from high school. It was just like the old line was just bigger. That's the only thing for real. So you, know, you grew up in Greensboro, right down the road. Uh, did yeah. you grow up a Carolina fan? Um, I'll say no. I really wasn't a Carolina fan like that. Um, I'll say more of a Carolina. Not like uh, I was more of a Duke basketball fan growing up. And for football, I was really like a SEC guy. Like um, LSU was my favorite team growing up. So how does that how how does it end up that you're that you're in Chapel Hill, right? Like I know you got offers from everybody. So how did yeah. how did you how did you end up being uh being a Tar Heel? Um, I had to say, um, Coach Brown and Coach Cross. Like Coach Cross when he recruited me, um, Coach Galloway too. He he get mad at me if I leave him out. But when they when they was recruiting me, they 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 took it to the next level. They they didn't want me talking to nobody. It was like we want you, and they made it clear like they really wanted me. It was like. You come here, you know you're gonna be a big player, big time player for us, and we want you to be a big time player for us. And I, in my mind, I was just like, why not? You know, because um, I can have my family watch me. They ain't nothing but like 40, 50 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So like, I can have my whole family watch me, and it's only not like down the road. You know what I'm saying? So basically, it was like it was a win-win for me. And plus, academics too. With a Carolina degree, it can get you so far. So I'm I'm working on that now. So that was basically it right there. Who's your academic advisor at Carolina, Cappy? Yeah, Cat. Yes, my, my girl Cat. She need a raise for sure. That, that's <laughs> that's who, that's who my academic advisor was. Yeah, she she, she needs a raise. Like, I'll huh? be up here every day where we was trying to get it in. She's trying to help me graduate. Trying to get it in. Yeah, shout out to Kathy. You were one of the best recruits in the state. Did you ever feel the pressure to perform that came along with that ranking and and that kind of target that it can put on your back at times? No, it really wasn't no pressure because I always played it. So it was basically like, I want to do well for me and me only. So all the expectations of other people it really didn't matter because my expectations for myself was already higher than anyone could ever put on me. So it was just, I was in my own head. I didn't even want to like lean on pressure. Like pressure is nothing to me. I just play ball. That's it. And going back to your commitment, what do you remember most from that day and from telling Coach Brown that, that you would be coming to Carolina because I have to imagine he was pretty excited. Yeah, I, I made that decision last week. I think it was like the night before. Yeah, it, was, it was the night before um, 
it was a, my commitment was set at Delhi High School in like July eighth, if I'm not mistaken. And I was just having I was up all night before I was deciding where I was trying to go. And that's when I just told my mom it was like I stayed up all day that night. It was like at like five five o'clock in the morning. Text my mom, I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna go here. And I told my dad, it was like, Yeah, I'm gonna go here. Like they all in. And so uh for somebody who's not used to it, what's it like when you give your parents that news and, you know, and all of a sudden the weight's lifted? Because we've talked to everybody we've talked to before was, you know, had their own recruiting process. For you, what was it like when you told your parents and you'd reached this conclusion? How did that feel? It felt good, you know, because no one in my family has been in this position that I was in. So that they just buried it in, you know, they ain't want to make decisions for me. They let this process be a hundred percent for me. Like wherever I wanted to do, they was going to be fine with it. And then we just rolled with it. And I was like, yeah, I'm coming to Carolina. That's where I want to go. So I want to ask you a question that this is probably, this is probably more of an announcer's mindset, but there was also another defensive lineman that played the same position at Clemson, same name, spelled his first name differently. Tell mm-hmm. me, and you, you don't have to out the coach if it happened, but please tell me somebody during the recruiting process got y'all mixed up. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, a couple did. <laughs> a couple did. Like, so how, he, how do you he, how do you like, play that off? He'll tell me sometimes. He used to tell me like, "Oh, bro, this our recruiter think I'm you," and I'll tell him, "Oh, bro, this recruiter think I'm you." Like we just text each other. We was like, "Bro, they getting us confused." So yeah, but yeah, Miles, <laughs> he, he a cool dude, man. Yeah, he real cool. Like it was just it, it's it's fun to like see him play and watch me play. It was like yeah, we we almost very similar almost. When you got to Chapel Hill, what would you say was your welcome to college moment when you realized you couldn't get away with some of the things that you were able to get away with in high school physically or just on the football field? I say I really didn't have one except for when um. I broke my hand, which really wasn't a welcome college moment. Just, I broke my hand. I played with it, like broken at a club on. So I really, I really didn't have one for real. Like, yeah, I don't really like, have one. Like something crazy. I know y'all want something crazy. But I don't really got nothing crazy. Nobody, friend, nobody ever caught you lacking. They, I, I, I want to say yeah, but I probably tripped nine times out of ten. If they did, <laughs> I probably tripped. But it really wasn't like a welcome to Cosmo. I ain't really how it is. When I first got here, I'll say this. When I first got here, um, 2020, it was COVID. Uh, everybody caught COVID. And we just started workouts. They had pushed workouts back because we were supposed to start it early, but they pushed it back to like mid-June, maybe um, early July. And we had conditioning first day back. And I was I was done. Like I was so tired. I think it was because of like the atmosphere. I don't know if it was COVID, but I was just – yeah, I was tired that day. You were a part of that class of 2020, and I remember just how excited the the fan base was with that class and how it did feel like a, a turning page for this Carolina team, showing that they can recruit with, with the best of the schools and there was enough talent in North Carolina. You look at the 2020 class going into this year, only three of the top ten guys are from that class are, are still at Carolina you have guys that did outplay their re- recruiting rankings in that class, guys like Cedric Gray and Kamon Rucker. Mm-hmm. It, it's really the perfect microcosm for how tough it is to identify talent coming out of high school and then getting the most out of that talent. Fans fancy the stars and the rankings of, of incoming guys, but from your experience, how quickly do you kind of realize that what you guys did in high school 
doesn't matter once you start getting out to the practice fields. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something. Them stars on me. When you when you touch campus and you line up, if you're a five-star O-lineman and I see you, I'm going to line up against you and I'm going to do you bad. Them stars don't mean nothing. I'm telling you, like, uh, when I got here, I, I ain't, bro. When I, I had high four stars, I ain't even want to talk about, like, bro, them star, my stars don't mean nothing. I, I'm trying to prove myself to y'all. I don't really care about none of that. I can be a four. I can be a five. I don't care about none of that. It's just when some kids get to college, they think, oh, that's going to give me a, a starting spot. Like, now nah, you got to learn. Especially you coming in early, you're gonna have to learn the playbook. You have to learn all that. So really you're just gonna have to not let cause when you get here and you think that's gonna get you there, it's just like you're gonna get humbled and then you're gonna like feel down on yourself, but you really can't feel down on yourself because at the end of the day you're still a freshman. So it's like you're just gonna have to work your way and then eventually the next thing you know you're gonna be there. And it's gonna be your time and your spot. So you just gotta show out when your own number is called. So tell me about the process in getting the snowman. Like, how did you get such a – how did you end up with such an ugly number, man? Oh, uh, you talking about – what's number are you talking about? I had two eight. of them. No, eight. eight. How did you, you end up with I love, I love eight. Oh, it's, I, I mean, it's, I, I it's an ugly number on a D-lineman. I think it's it's a good number, but it's nobody ever wants to see that, like, nah, nah, tiny little number good. on a giant I guy. Good, though. I, <laughs> I, wore, I wore eight for a long time. I wore it when I was little, and I wore it when I was okay. in high school. So eight was just like I really wore because Lamar Jackson. Or I used to watch him play a lot. So I really got the number eight from him because I love um, watching Lamar Jackson when I was younger. So well, there's like, a yeah, story. There you go. Yeah, Vip, I, I think yeah. Vip wanted. I think Vip wanted a story. I think we got a story there. It's, it's, it's Lamar Jackson. So yeah, I, remember, I remember Lamar Jackson came to Chapel Hill <laughs> his Heisman campaign season. I, I I can tell you right now, I did not have fun watching him on the other side. Yeah, I, I, I see that. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That uh, there's a lot of guys that that worked in that locker room uh, with Vipless that that uh, probably have lost a lot of sleep over that tape. I'm sure. I'm already um, not. <laughs> <laughs> Miles, you mentioned a second ago playing with a club on your hand. How mm-hmm. hurt were you last season? Not just with that, but I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people overestimate. Um, I take it back. A lot of people underestimate how many players go through the season and just like what was at one point a nick in the middle of a game in September becomes a really nagging injury uh, mm-hmm. in, in November and December. You know, you mentioned playing with the club before. Like, how hurt were you at the end of last year? Um, last year, it was my ankle was bad, and I tried to rush my way into back playing. When Coach Cross, he was like, he do not want me to play. Like, I was so eager on getting back on the field. I didn't even think about my well-being at the time. Cause I, cause I don't like missing practice. I don't like missing nothing. I don't like missing workouts. So you, if you, if you're a real athlete, you don't like really missing nothing. So I rushed my way back in, and it got, it got worse. But then that's when I started chilling during practice. When I was like, it came to like what to um maybe the Miami game. That's when I started to feel, feel better. Cause I haven't been practicing like that. When coach didn't want me to practice, so he told me he's like he gonna put me in, um later late in Miami game. He gonna he gonna see how I feel. And if I feel good, he's going to leave me in there. So in the Miami game, I, I started to feel good. I started to get a little bit back, but I wasn't 100%. That's when I started to get, like, a little my confidence back because, you know, my, my ankle came back just for a little bit. That's when I started playing um, better on later into the season. So, yeah, it was just like I had lost my confidence. My ankle was messed up. I couldn't really be the explosive player I was. So now I'm feeling way better now. And um, I just can't. I'm, I can't wait till this season uh, to get what I lost back from last year. 
I just can't wait. When you turn on the film, you could tell that you're a, a big point of emphasis for opposing offensive coordinators. They're throwing double teams at you. What's it like being the focus of double teams for as much as you're facing them? And does it ever get frustrating when you have to be the guy who kind of takes on the mindset of I'm taking a lot of attention for, for other guys to make plays? Yeah, even when I was when I was playing hurt, they still was double teaming me. So I was just like, "What is going on?" Like I, I got it like early, like the first two games. I already knew it was gonna be like that for the rest of the season. And I was just like, "I gotta do what I gotta do." If I'm gonna plug these gaps up, I'm gonna make sure my linebackers come in. They gonna make plays, and if um, they not making plays, then I'm gonna be making plays. So it's like a win win. So if I'm getting doubled, then I know for sure one of my teammates gonna make the play. So that's all I care about right there. And with that attention you draw, if an NFL scout came up to you and said, I can only watch one of your game tapes, what game would you point back to where you felt like you were competing at, at just another level? Well, is that throughout my career or last year? Throughout your career. Throughout my career? Mm. I got I got two. I got, um, I'll say Notre Dame my sophomore year, and I got um, – it's either Georgia Tech or Georgia State between them. So Notre Dame or Georgia Tech or Georgia State. I can't really pick. I had good games that game. What what sticks out from those games when, when you do feel like anything you kind of go to is working? It just feel like the game in slow motion. Like when I was lining up against them in them games, it was just like, uh-uh. I was so surprised at how good I was playing. It was just like, I ain't never pictured this. I mean, I pictured it, but I ain't really never thought I would be like this dude that's just making all the plays. I'm creating havoc in the backfield. I'm just like, it, it was very, it was a good, exciting moment for me, like them past games. I mean, national TV at Notre Dame is not many worse, you know, not many uh, better places you could you could show oh, out. Yeah, I got double a lot in that game. That's why I said Notre Dame because I, I held my gaps in them double teams and I made some plays off them double teams. So that's why I put them in there too. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. We're talking with grade eight Miles Murphy off the UNC defense. Uh, Miles, I think... One of the things a lot of people, you know, talk about Drake and, and his profile and just how good he is. I want you to explain what it's like going against that guy every day in practice. I mean, it's 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 you got some dudes that don't want to don't want to do anything wrong by not protecting him, and your job mm-hmm. is to is to get there. Obviously, you can't 
Can't touch the Heisman candidate, but oh, what's it like I going got, against I the got, guy every day? I got a story for that right there. Now, Go ahead. Drake, Drake he, he like he like to talk. He be one, he be like, he be telling Coach Brown, yeah, let let Mar- let Murph hit me in practice. And Coach like, no. Because one day <laughs> in practice, it was a scrimmage. Uh, I want to say it was last last spring. Um uh the D-line was eating up and they and Coach Brown wasn't calling our sacks. It's cause you know how you can't really sack the quarterback. We got like run by him. He really wasn't calling our sacks, so I got mad and I took it upon myself. I didn't care who was in the game at the time. I was like, I'm about to tackle the quarterback. And I think it was the Kobe Criswell that had the ball, and I, and I sacked him. And everybody just got mad. I remember that, and I pointed at Drake. I was like, Yeah, I had pointed at him. I was like, Yeah, you. That would have been you if you was in there. So yeah, but Drake, he yeah, he's bro, he's a competitor though, man. I, I like the way he played, man. He gets me going every time he see me. I, we have contact before every play. I look at him dead in his eyes, and then and if he look away, I, I he know I'm he know I'm gonna get him. So you just let us inside the inside the the hedges a little bit, or in between the the yard lines a little bit. Tell us a little bit more about what happens. Uh, how does the environment and, and the feeling around a practice change? If somebody touches your your Heisman favorite quarterback, what what is oh, yeah. what, what is the, what is the feeling like amongst the coaching staff and the rest of the players when that happens? If you're not that dude, or you just if you basically if you're not like one of the greatest players ever, if you tackle him in practice, you're done. Like you, you might as well go home and think about life because you, you're not coming back at all. <laughs> But that day I was so I was so mad that day, bro. I was just like, I don't even care. It was like Wills is one of them days. The the offensive side of the ball has Drake and it feels like even though there is a new offensive coordinator, it feels like Carolina fans know what to expect with the offense. Now it feels like for you guys to take that next step, it, it's on the defense to kind of elevate their play. Can you describe and, and kind of take us into the mindset of the defense and feeling that that pressure knowing that you do have a, a generational type quarterback in Drake May and trying to match his play mm-hmm. basically like we're gonna lean on Drake all day 24 7 whenever he don't whenever Drake don't make a play it's up to us for like get to stop we're gonna need him to get that ball back ASAP because whenever we we're in our mode like our defense when our defense start to play really good like y'all seen it throughout. Like when we start playing really good, it's, all we gotta do is shut them down. And Drake, he just gonna put up points for us. Next thing you know, the score is gonna be lopsided, and it's not gonna be no contest at all. And one area that that fans have kind of wanted to see improvement is you guys getting after the quarterback. Um, Carolina was last in the ACC for sacks. What mm-hmm. would you say you guys are doing differently now as a unit to try to get more pressure on quarterbacks for next season? We're just doing what we do now. We just he, he didn't let the dogs free. Now we can do whatever we want now. Because last year was kind of like um, we was mostly focused on run fits. Like we want to focus on run blocks, make sure our linebackers fill in, fill in the holes. Really couldn't get off like that. But now it's like he got packages drawn because Coach Chiz he told me, hey, I got some plays here for you and specifically you to make plays off of. So it's gonna be a whole lot of. Have it going on this year. I can't, I can't wait for. It. I can't tell you. I think. I think what you just tapped into a little bit, Miles. And we're talking with Miles Murphy, uh, Heels for Life Players Lounge here on InsideCarolina.com. I'm Joey Powell. That's Taylor Ripless. Miles, one of the things you just touched on a little bit was 
uh, Gene Chizik's expertise. And I think one of the things last year, everybody in the defensive side of the ball, you know, was not satisfied with the way that the season ended and the way you guys played. I, I think, you know, came in Rucker said the same thing. Will Hardy said the same thing. Uh, you know, so there were some changes made and there were some new faces brought into the defensive room. Uh, mm -hmm. You've got a, a guy like Ted Monachino who has coached some of the best uh, defensive players in the NFL. Uh, you brought Cam Spence in to serve as a as an assistant to the the defensive line. What have they brought into the locker room, and and what has that done uh, for you to help get you guys motivated or get you guys just some different perspectives? Yeah, each one brings something different. Like um, Coach Ted, he has all the expertise. Like every time Coach Ted um, Coach Ted talks, you get full detail, and you just got to listen to that man because he he's very smart and intelligent. And Cam, he's just like he's everywhere. He can he can teach you how to, if you like a stiff dude and you don't know how to pass or you don't know how to move, he can teach you all that. So they they both bring something different to the table when they come together with Coach Cross. Like the stuff we'd be doing in like practice before warmups, we'd be doing like stuff that you might see like skilled people do, like running through bags. We just in the sun, the blazing sun. Like you might see everybody inside the indoor the D line out there getting it in. We in the sun for like 30 minutes straight, just getting it in, doing all types of pass rush moves, all types of run blocking moves. It's, it's just like, it's, it's very special when you see it and how both of them can really contribute to what we're going to do this year. With somebody like Cam Spence, how much does it help that, like you mentioned, he, he can show you what he, he's trying to teach and, and having that aspect of a teacher where, you know, it, it's one thing for a coach to say like, do this, do this, do this, but he could actually – he's a lot closer to your guy's age and, and can show you some of the moves that he's trying to teach. Mm -hmm. So when you got to do like Cam, you just got to, cause you know, he's around your age. So it's like, do he know what he's talking about? But at the same time, he know what he's talking about. So it's just like, you just got to listen and watch what he say. Cause it's some moves he taught me this year that I'm going to use. It's going to be, it's going to be crazy. So I just, I just can't wait to use him and get somebody I've been waiting. So I just can't wait till the season come on, come around. Miles, uh, one of the things I think is has been unique about each player, specifically upperclassmen, is just how they how they interact with their team and how they are able to sense the way the vibe is going. Not only over the course of a season, but even you know within play to play or within series to series or game to game. When you have a season like last year, where the unit as a whole struggled at times. How do you personally, Miles, maintain your edge when it seems like just kind of everything's working against you? You just got to exit everything. I remember during that time when I got hurt and we, were, and we started to lose a little bit. We, yeah, we started to lose just a little bit. It was just like somewhere you got to find that motivation somewhere. And if you don't got the motivation, you just got to find the consistency at that point. It's just like you got to keep going. Because even though I was feeling bad for myself, I was feeling like I can't do nothing. I'm still out there. I'm still trying to get it because I know I got more to play for than just just football. It's just it's for my generational wealth, whatever you want to call it. It's just you got to focus on your purpose. And when you find your purpose, it's basically that that's going to take over your emotions, your eager, your intensity is just going to take over at that point. So you just got to find your why. And once you know your why, it's just how, how you going to execute it at that point. That, that's a similar mindset to one of my teammates from the, the 2015 season, Marquise Williams, where everybody always saw Marquise and he always had a smile on his face. He was always 
picking guys up. He he looked like he was having the best time of his life. And I remember somebody asking him, like, like, how do you always have that mindset? And he was like, sometimes you just have to know when to fake it because everybody's mm-hmm. looking at me and looking at me to be a leader and having that kind of mindset. So how do you, how do you know when to pick up a teammate or when to motivate a teammate or, or maybe when to challenge a teammate when they're not meeting expectations? You just got to talk to them. Like I just said, like, why do you play this game? If you don't play this game and you don't love it, why are you playing it at all? You know what I'm saying? So if I got to get on you, period, about you playing, you don't love the game for real. So it's, it's just going to get the team mad. It's going to get the coaches mad. Coach is not going to play you. So it's just like if we got to get on you about that, then football might may not be the sport for you. If we got to talk to you about how to play the game, play with intensity, play it like you care. Because if a coach got to talk to you about – like um effort then you're not gonna play period yeah i remember a a moment where you saw some of the guys on the defense getting on each other um in that georgia state game before you guys turned it around and and, uh uh left atlanta with a win in that georgia state game after they showed uh some of the interactions on the sideline when you look at at this team who would you point at and say are, are some of the best leaders on the team and who are the guys that people are looking to on both sides of the ball for that leadership? Oh, I'll say um, power for sure. Power, he going to – whenever we up or down, power going to let you know that we still in this ball game for sure. And um, another one is um, said, of course, said, said going to make sure you always up. Who was Rutt, you can look at Rutt. Rutt going to make sure he, we always up. And um, basically my D-line coach, Coach Cross, he really that's, – that's the main one right there. Coach Cross, whatever the score is, even if we playing good and offense playing bad or the whole D-line as unit playing bad or the whole D-line as user playing good and anybody else playing bad, he wants us to uplift everybody. So it's not just, oh, this this um, specific group playing well, this specific group playing bad. It's just we're going to have to uplift each other throughout all situations. So it's basically like – Everyone at that point, the main leader is going to have to step up. And most of all, we're going to have to step up. Even if you're not a leader, you're going to have to still take some pride in yourself and want to win the game no matter the scoreboard. Talk with Miles Murphy here on the Players' Lounge, brought to you by HeelsForLife.org on Inside Carolina. He's Taylor Ripless. I'm Joey Powell. Miles, I think this time of year, in the summer, uh, you know, we, we've got this like hope springs eternal, right? Everybody is excited. Everybody has the most motivation, but you're the guy that's, you know, that's lifting weights and doing summer conditioning and just got through spring ball and all that. What do you expect from the team this year? I spread a great season for my defense. I, nothing less, nothing more. I spread a great season because now we way by if everyone stays healthy and I pray everyone on our defense and offense stays healthy, we will be a, a Tough team to beat, I promise you. If everyone's, we need everyone to stay healthy. We need practice with expertise and practice like we practice with a purpose. If we do that, everyone is healthy. We're gonna have a great season. Talking about practicing for a purpose, you know, you're a senior now, and you've talked about you know trying to get everything you can so you can graduate and get on to the next phase of your life. How does Miles the senior prepare differently than Miles? The, the freshman or even even Miles the sophomore. What what are you doing differently as a senior now than um you know maybe you weren't doing on game day? Uh, I'm eating different. I'm lifting different. I'm I, when I'm at the crib, I'm doing push-ups. I'm doing everything I can to get advantage on the next team I'm about to go against. I'm about to look at film. I'm if I know if he got a weak point, I'm gonna attack it. If he weak and I'm stronger than him, I'm gonna run him run him run through him. 
on game day. I'm just trying to get an edge over anything I can. Like find a, basically find the cheat code, something. Cause I'm because once I see it, I'm I'm a, I'm a aim at it. And uh, Miles, I have a question for you. Uh, looking ahead to to this upcoming season, we know guys like you. We know guys like Cedric Gray. Uh, the guys like Power. The guys who have played a ton of snaps at Carolina. But who would you say is the player that people aren't talking about now that they'll talk about in season w- once the games start coming? I say Dez Evans. I'm telling Dez, where he he. When you look at Dez from last year, even when plays was not his way, you would see him running from across the field. Like we'd be all the way down here from the twenty, and the, like it was. Um, I think it was App State. Like we right here, maybe on the fifty or forty, and um, Dez hawks the running back from all the way from the forty or fifty. Even if Dez not making a play, he's making sure he's getting to the ball. He's running after the ball. He got hustle. So I'm expecting a big year from him and um, Javari Ritzy too. Both of them, I'm expecting a big year from both of them that people don't really talk about because both of them today, they put in the work, and I, I really think that's going to show this year. Yeah, I think when when you talk about Coach Chizik saying, like, we're, we're going to let the, the chains off, a lot of fans would probably pick Des Evans to be the guy who, who they do want to see. Okay, it, it, it's, this is the year for Des, I'm telling you, this is his year. And then I, a, a question I have for you, as you move to game days, What's what's on your pregame playlist, and and does it change from the time you wake up to as you get closer to kickoff, or, or are you pretty consistent with what you're listening to? It depends on who we playing. Like I find if I know if it's like a, um, a rival, and I'm in that mode, I'm, I'm me mugging anybody all day. I'm not smiling. I'm just I'm just trying to get in that mode because that's how I play. When I play angry, it's just that's when you see all the good plays happen, you know. Then once I make them good plays, that's when I'm smiling. Because if I make a play, you know, I'm going to hit a dance. I'm going to do something. So I thought, I know I'm feeling good. I'm going to play like a um, – so I'll probably say like some – I don't really know. It's just, I got a lot of songs in my playlist. So it, it just depends on who we playing. And after the after, – I say after the game, it's more like an uh, exciting playlist after that. Because I, I usually try to get in the mode. I try to get mean and angry. So it's just like – Whatever that gets me in that mode, I don't care what it is. Let's if it can put like a frown on my face, I'm gonna listen to it. Yeah, fan, fans are. I think that's one of the things fans really don't understand is how much fun the post locker room celebration is. Oh yeah, uh-huh. a- after wins, where it's like you you really only have you know maybe ten at most opportunities to do that, and it's like you guys have to maximize that opportunity as much as you can dance, play the music, go crazy. Uh, who's somebody in your playlist, maybe not even on a game day that mm. fans would be surprised that you listen to? Uh, Morgan Wallen. What? How you say Morgan Wallen? Morgan Wallen. Wow. Morgan Wallen. Yeah. Morgan that's Wallen. that's curveball. Yeah. Morgan Wallen. I like Morgan Wallen. That's a, yeah. He one of them ones right there. I like his songs. Is it- Summer music in Chapel Hill kind of hits a little different, too. Oh, yeah. I've been bumping Morgan all summer. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, I think one of the things that, again, these little intra-team competitions, it's always fun to hear what the answers are. So you tell me, who's the strongest player on the team in the weight room? In the weight room, I'll probably say it's it's between them. Now it was only Rook. But now I think when, you, when we talk about the weight room and body size and pound for pound, it's between him and Amari Hampton now. It's, it's between them. 
I think sure. Ruck actually said Omarion too. And I mean, you know, when when you're squatting, what that guy's able to squat. If you talk and, about pound for pound, it's Omarion because Omarion yeah. on like two twenty five, squatting six hundred, lifting four hundred. Yeah, it's Omarion. His his big three numbers have to be absolutely off the charts. All yeah. right, here's another one for you. I'm I'm gonna touch that competitive nerve. Who is the best defensive lineman from Greensboro in the locker room? Come on now. <laughs> I'm just saying. I I know another on, guy. Bro. If I asked him the same question, he might say something else. Hey, <laughs> I, hey, it, it's me and Trav. I, it's, it's me and Trav. That's a poli- that's a politician's answer right there, Vip. You hear that? Yeah, the man's got a future in politics. Mm-hmm. I I think we uh, asked Travis last year uh, a similar question earlier, where if a D lineman had to make a play from the five in, he he said it was him. No questions asked. So you don't you don't have to be humble. Yeah, yeah, but I, I'm a humble man. I, I know how good he is. I know how good I am. So I'm going to count on him just like I'm going to count on myself because he's my teammate. So it's like whoever gets it, gets it, you know. And then when you guys, when you guys are, are traveling on the road, when you guys are in hotels for, for training camp, who is who's the best teammate to have as a roommate? Um, uh, I'll probably say um, – I had Javari last fall camp as my roommate, but I'll probably say either Tamari or Kevin Hester. Tamari Foster, Kevin Hester. They, they just funny. You see some of the stuff they do. They just funny. You just laugh. <laughs> That's all they have. They just funny. And then for for fans to kind of get uh, some perspective on Miles the person, what would you say you like to do outside of football? Uh, I'd probably say I like to play the game a lot. Well, I'm not if I'm not training or I'm not um, um, preparing for school, studying, playing a game, probably outside fishing, maybe fish a couple of times, or go back see my mom, just chill. I just I don't really be doing it like that. I just be trying to do what I need to do, so I make sure my body right, I'm feeling good for the next day, so I can just do things at a high level. So I don't really do that much, like the basics almost. Man, a, a quiet and reserved guy. That's um, yeah. I just be chilling, man. Yeah, that's that's rare. It seems like D linemen are either either that way, the way you just described, or polar opposite. Like they're just in the most all the time. Yeah. Last question for you, Miles. Uh, and this kind of goes back to our partnership with Heels for Life. How has NIL changed? Uh, I guess impacted you and your college experience because you've seen it change since when you got to school. Mm-hmm. to what it's like now just share what your what your outlook is and how you feel like things have been since nil became a part of, of college football i'll say it can be a good thing it would be a bad thing the uh, good thing i'll probably say like yeah you can make a lot of money while you're in college yeah you can um have all these benefits as a freshman come in and you just get offered money but i'll probably say the bad thing is when you throw some of these young kids um, all this money, they're they not going to feel motivated to play no more. Like, they don't feel motivated to play at a high level. Like, even if you throw me some money right now, I'm, I'm trying to double that. So, I'm trying to – if you throw me some money, I'm just going – that's going to fuel me to play even better. So, it's, it's just two, two kinds of people in this world. And I feel like depending on who that person is, it might be a good thing, it might be a bad thing, but – if it was me, if someone like if I had got offered a like a lot of money for NIL type, then it's gonna make me play. I'm gonna get extremely motivated and it's gonna help me play even better. 
And you mentioned, you know, generational wealth earlier. I mean, I think that's something a lot of folks should consider when they're thinking about how they can contribute to deals for life, because there's a lot of players that, you know, have uh, never experienced um, what it's like to have financial comfort and being able to profit off of their ability on the football field will be the first chance they ever have for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles, we appreciate you, man. I know um, I know Taylor's glad he doesn't have to go run Oklahoma drill or something like that with you. I'm glad I don't have to go run inside drill or Oklahoma drill or something like that with you. So uh, we're just we're appreciative of you making time for us here on uh, on the Players Lounge. Wish you nothing but the best. Hope you continue to have a, a good summer and that uh, when fall camp gets here, you're you're rip roaring and ready to go. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all, man. All I right, would try that... to catch him on on a crackback block, and and he would he would see he would sniff it out from the oh, second yeah. I started oh, coming, oh, and he would he would knock my head back about twenty yards. Yeah, <laughs> nobody nobody wants that at all. Nobody on either side of the ball. I, I, would, I wouldn't even want it. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> he feel bad. <laughs> All right, that's Miles Murphy for Taylor Vipolis for our friends over at Heels for Life. Again, if you have not checked out the Heels for Life website, please do. Heels for the number four, life.org. Find out how you can make a monthly contribution. Again, all of it matters. All of it goes towards the official football NIL collective for UNC, and it helps the players. It helps connect them with great community opportunities, but also allows them to, to benefit and allows North Carolina to continue to uh, recruit at the top highest pinnacle level that you can think of but for taylor and for miles murphy i'm joey powell we appreciate you listening and or watching this episode of the players lounge we'll catch you next time and and i'm sure vip probably has a good guest lineup for the next one too we'll see Uh, we appreciate you being here we'll talk to you soon on the players lounge here on InsideCarolina.com. paramount plus and the national park foundation present a mountain of zen are you still listening good Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.